Welcome to episode 67 of Shane Talks Earth Movies Day. Because today's Earth Day. At least it is the day that this is being released. I am joined, as always, by the best co-host ever, Jason L. Mayer. And did you happen to see the new intro to the episode? And no, I'm not, I'm not trying to kiss Micah's ass again. I mean, I do that plenty, but I've I've updated the video that goes with Micah's awesome music. Uh changed out some of the the images that are inside the film reels i've got some of our new logos up in in there and i've got a bunch of pictures from our more recent uh guests that we've had on so you know moving forward we're gonna have a new intro to the show visually and i'm really really happy with it i like i especially like having like the uh, oscars pictures in there and stuff like that so and your jason talks pictures are, are in there now uh, which we've got another Jason Talks coming up here pretty soon, so you better start planning what musical-related episode that's going to be. No. Not not musical-related this time? I don't even know if we're doing a Jason Talks episode. We're going to do okay. a Jason. Uh, it's on the calendar for coming up in May. You're going to do a Jason Talks episode. Um, anybody who's ever listened to this podcast knows that I like shticks. I like ridiculous stuff. I don't. You might not be aware of this, but I do. So since this episode is being released on Earth Day, I thought, what's better than talking about movies that have the word Earth in the title? What are you, what, what you going to say? What do you want to say? I have seen very little movies that have the title Earth. Well, <laughs> we're going Earth to spend this title. episode proving to Jason Richardson that there are good movies with the word Earth in the title. There's some, man. Come on, you got you're you're better. Than I just that. haven't better. seen them. That's okay. Let's, yeah, no, let's no, no, no. It's good. We're gonna we're gonna prove Jason Richardson wrong. So, um, in our poll, it was not a very popular poll. We didn't get a whole lot of votes. So we're gonna start off in the in the sci-fi genre. Apparently, probably a lot of people agree with Jason Richardson. Probably a lot of people don't really care about these Earth-related movies. But again, it's my shtick for this week. So let's look at some Earth-related movies because we got a lot of science fiction ones. Uh, then we can start talking about. Um, first of all, I'm drinking Liquid Death again this week. Uh, another nod to Jason Richardson. Um, Liquid Death is delicious. All right. Our most votes getting uh, Earth movie um, is. This reminded uh, me of Billy Madison. <laughs> he's uh, like, How about you, Sideburns? You want some of this milk? And he's like, I'd rather have a beer. Like that's totally Shane while he's drinking that liquid death. Yeah, I'd definitely. Rather have a beer. I'd definitely rather be having a beer right now. Uh, Jason, do you know the phrase "Klatu Barada Niktu"? Nope. No. Nope. You were never made to watch the original uh, "The Day the Earth Stood Still" like ever. Nope. No. All right. Okay. It's one I know. Uh, I, I know for a fact I watched it in one of my film classes at IUPUI. Uh, but obviously not the one that you and I took together. It was probably because I took a couple with, with Kevin Sandler. But I don't remember. I, I can't remember uh, if if it's the same class that you were in or not. But I know I watched there. I know I had seen it at some point before then. Uh, but I honestly probably haven't watched the original since then. Um, this one directed by Ray Weiss, who is known mostly because he was the editor of Citizen Kane. And then he directed two really huge musicals, The Sound of Music and West Side Story. So Robert Wise. Oh, Robert Wise. What did I just say? You said Ray Weiss. Oh, oh, I was thinking I, my mind was obviously on Twin Peaks at that point. 
so yeah, Robert Weiss. Thank you for correcting me there. Um, Michael Rennie is a dude named uh, Klaatu. He's an alien that shows up on Earth with his robot Gort. And the uh, the phrase Klaatu Barada Niktu uh, is the phrase that uh, Klaatu tells the main chick to go tell Gort to make sure that Gort doesn't destroy the world. So uh, the film hey. was re... Yeah, go ahead. Go, no, go with what you were about no, to say. I was about that. to say that it was remade in 2008 starring Keanu Reeves as Klaatu. Uh, and that version was directed by Scott Derrickson, who would go on to do uh, Doctor Strange for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, but yeah, that, that 2008 version was really bad. Uh, I, I didn't care for that one at all. Now, what were you about to say? Did they do the same thing in that one? where that phrase had to be said to him so he wouldn't destroy the world. I believe so. I'm pretty sure they did. Okay. Did you it see the 2008 so- version? No. No. What it made you skip that? It. Why? Uh-huh. Why'd you I skip did. it? Because it looked like shite. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, the original is a classic, like as far as like 1950s science fiction goes, like it's better than plan nine from outer space. But I mean, yeah, it was, or, yeah, the original War of the Worlds. Like, was that just like not a sci-fi genre you cared about? Like the I 50s? did not. I, okay. like, yeah, that was not something I watched when growing up. So, gotcha. Uh, so, in the original, it, both of them are kind of like, uh, how do I put it? Like, the writers tried to use modern political agenda stuff in in both plots. So for the original, it had a lot to do with the Cold War and us against Russia and stuff. And then in the 2008 remake, they decided to update it to the world is bad because we're polluting the world. So it was very environmental. And that's why, you know, Klitu had to come and decide if we were worthy of, of still being a planet or not. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad that I didn't watch either one of those then. All right. Well, let's move on to a 2011 film one of my favorite sci-fi movies and it's super low budget and i understand why a lot of people haven't seen it i understand why it doesn't appeal to a lot of people but you know me like this is my shtick here like this is my kind of sci-fi and this is a movie that made me fall in love with Britt marling um so she we're talking about the movie another earth it came out in 2011 uh, it was directed by a guy named mike cahill uh him and Britt marling did a couple of movies together like the sound of my voice and then she did another movie with a guy that worked with the two of them. She did a movie called The East. Uh, they were all kind of their little low budget, you know, projects and whatnot. But in Another Earth, uh, Britt Marling plays a like genius chick that's really smart at astronomy and stuff. Uh, she gets into like college super early. And so she's 16 and gets in a car accident because uh, she's drunk driving. She ends up killing a woman and a kid. And then... Uh, the court records are sealed, so the husband who survived the car accident never found out who it was that hit him, which I don't really think that's how that works. Um, not that I know everything about legal stuff and whatnot, but I, I think he would still be entitled to know who it was that hit and killed his wife and kid. But anyway, somehow years later, they end up, she ends up running into him, and she knows who he is, but obviously he doesn't know who she is, so... They strike up a friendship that becomes a romance. And while that's going on, boom, a mirror Earth appears right above Earth. And so Earth uh, in the main story starts talking to Earth in the others in the other Earth. 
And so they then decide that each one of the Earths is going to pick like 10 people and they're going to let them come over to the other Earth to see what what's different on the Earth. So our main character chick, she wins. Like you have to write an essay and then they take 10 of the essays and those are the 10 people that get the tickets to go to the other Earth. She decides to give the guy who lost his wife and kid, she decides to give him her ticket so that he can go to the other earth and see if his wife and kid are still alive over there. So it's super slow. It's super low budget. It's, I think it's only like 90 minutes long, but it probably feels longer than that. Cause it is kind of a very slow drawn out movie that just kind of boils over to the going over to the other earth to see if your life would be any different. And then it's got, I wouldn't call it a twist ending, but it's got a surprise ending in the last couple minutes. So I really enjoy it. It's a super good science fiction film, in my opinion, but it's also not for everybody. So uh, that is uh, Another Earth, which is one of my favorite sci-fi films. Next up, a Disney movie from 1988. It was like the Sunday night Disney movie for like two weeks in a row. It was two hour blocks. So like four hours, but it was only like a three hour movie. This movie, Earth Star Voyager, is available in its entirety on YouTube. Search Earth Star Voyager 1988. You can watch this whole masterpiece. Jason, have you seen it? No. No? Oh, man. This is this is one you should watch. This is one you should show the kids. It's Like I said, it's Disney. There's nothing inappropriate in it. But it's, it's literally about a bunch. Of, like, Earth is dying, because that's the plot of every science fiction Earth movie. Earth is dying. So we have found another planet that's 33, like 33 years away. And it looks like it's inhabitable for humans. So they decide to take a bunch of kids who are really smart, put them on this spaceship with some with a few adults. But they're sending them out there as kids because it's going to be like a 60 year round trip, you know, to get out there, find out if it's inhabitable and then come back and tell us. So it's 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 designed for kids. It's, you know, it's kids Star Trek. It's kids going out into space. The the captain who is an adult obviously something happens to him um there's a lot of sabotage going on on the ship so it's kind of like oh is there somebody that doesn't want this mission to happen so it's kind of got like a little mystery wrapped around it once they get out into space and are kind of on their own they find out that there's definitely somebody trying to sabotage their mission and it's kind of it's fun man i I watched this a lot as a kid the cgi Obviously doesn't hold up today, but it was it was cool in 1988. Like they've got like uh, I wouldn't call them lightsaber whips, but like they've got like these whips that look like, you know, they glow like lightsabers and whatnot and got a lot of sci fi stuff to it. So I'm a big fan of this movie. I highly recommend it to anybody, especially people with kids. Pull that YouTube up and watch this, man. It's three hours of fun. Uh, Really good character development and stuff like that. Our next movie is a 2007 film called The Man from Earth, which I was only ever made aware of because our mutual friend Jay Hampton is a huge fan of this movie. For years told me I needed to watch it. I can't remember how long ago I finally did, but I know probably I'd say in the last five years. It was it was before COVID, but probably not too long before COVID. I did finally watch the movie, and it's pretty cool. Um, and what's really cool about this movie, I'm assuming you haven't seen it. You are correct. Okay, uh, I did find where it was available. It's available to stream for free on Vudu and Tubi. So this movie you can watch for free. It's only like 90 minutes long. Um, 
But what's really cool about it is it's written and directed by a guy who wrote a Star Trek, the original series episode back in the like 1959, I think it was or something. And the Star Trek episode dealt with um, Kirk and Spock going down to a planet and finding a guy living there. And throughout the course of like hanging out with this guy, like they're looking around and they're like, oh, this painting looks like a Da Vinci painting. How did it end up all the way out here? And then like they're looking at sheet music on his piano and they're like, these are like Brahms symphonies that are like handwritten on these sheets of paper. Like, how did this end up here? All boils down to the fact that you find out that this guy that they're hanging out with is like 6,000 years old. He is originally from Earth. And once he found out he was immortal, he just kind of started living his life. And he actually was Da Vinci and he actually was Brahms. And he just kind of kept taking on these personas and trying different things in his life. And then eventually, I don't remember how, but he ends up out in outer space and that's where they come into contact with him. <clears throat> so the plot of The Man from Earth, the 2007 like super low budget movie, is this uh, professor at a university is retiring. So he has all of his colleagues come over to his house one night. They're having a dinner party and he explains to them or he throws out to them, hey, just to let you guys know, I'm like 4,000 years old. I've seen a lot of stuff like yada, yada, yada. All of his colleagues like don't really believe him. So they start asking him questions because they're all like from different like uh, different. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. So they try to ask him questions that like he shouldn't really know, but he like answers them all. And they're like, oh, you obviously just read about this stuff or, you know, you've heard about this or whatever. So it, it turns into a like he's trying to prove to them that he's really that old and they're very disbelieving of him. And then like the last it is a very dialogue heavy thing. Like it's only got the one setting. Like they never leave his house, all dialogue, all him trying to convince them that he's this old. And then it, it, as a viewer, I'll say the last, you know, 20% of the movie kind of steers you in the answer of whether it's true or not, but it still kind of lets you decide if you really believe it for yourself or not. So it's another sci-fi movie that I obviously highly recommend. Again, it's super short, quick and easy. Um, but the really cool thing about this movie is like, it was done like super low budget. I think it was like a $200,000 budget or something. It ended up somehow getting uploaded to BitTorrent and getting like millions of people downloading it. Like to the point where the director publicly went out and said, Hey, BitTorrent, I appreciate the fact that my movie was on your, was on your platform because millions of people have seen it that never would have paid the money to see it. And like, apparently like they saw like an uptick in like DVD sales and stuff like that. And they're accrediting that to people seeing it and sharing it on BitTorrent. So thought that was kind of cool. Interesting. Uh, Mark Stratton, uh, one of our former employees suggested this next movie, which is a movie called the man who fell to earth, a 1976 British film starring David Bowie and Rip Torn. Have you seen this one? Nope. Nope. Uh, I saw it once a long time ago when I went through a very small period of loving David Bowie and I watched it uh, not really super memorable for me. I know they are remaking it right now uh, with Chiwetel Ejiofor for Showtime. Uh, they're turning it into a miniseries. So I'd be interested in revisiting the movie because I always do that before I, you know, watch remake type stuff because I have to, you know, ruin the remake for me. Right. Absolutely, that's what yeah. you do. Every time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that uh, that's one that I probably should should look into soon. I feel like you've seen Journey to the Center of the Earth, 
the 2008 Brendan Fraser version. And you would be absolutely wrong on that. Oh, man, you didn't even watch that? No. Where were you working in 2008? Were you at an art house in 2008? I was at an art house in 2008. That explains why you didn't watch it. Yep, I would have probably watched it. And it's not something that I'm like staying away from. It's definitely in the wheelhouse of things that I'd be interested in. So It's fun, but it's nothing special. Like it's I was happy to see Brendan Fraser like closer to the mummy type role than some of his stuff that he's done, but nowhere near as good as his mummy role. So your um your your little note here, the sequel was just called Journey Two. The mysterious island, by the way. It oh, did yeah, not yeah. Have the word Earth in it. Yeah. Uh, we don't even need to talk about that film, is what your note says. But yep. I will say that I did watch that one. Oh, because it has a rock in it. It had the rock in it. It was in 3D at Glendale while we had it. Ah. And, <sighs> dirty. Old I never man. saw it. Dirty old man time, but Vanessa Hutchins does it for me. And okay. she was in that. And yeah. She was probably just of age, maybe at that point in time. <laughs> With my luck, she was probably not, but yes, Vanessa Hutchins is a babe. So I got you. Uh, so so far, we've talked about a couple of movies with Earth in the title, and you've seen none of them, but you've seen the sequel to one that I said we didn't need to talk about. So I'm at least happy that you had uh, something to say. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so yeah, that came out in 2012. Okay. Um, Journey 2 did, and she would have been a whole whopping... Oh, she was 24 by then. Woohoo! I don't oh, feel so bad. Perfectly legal. No reason to feel bad for that. Um, we do have another kids movie to talk about that I'm pretty sure we watched together in 2014. Did you watch Earth to Echo? I'm pretty sure you and I watched it together. Oh, that was the... That was the um, it's the found on, footage... Yeah, but it was, uh, don't tell me, don't tell me. Yep. It was almost like Flight of the Navigator, right? Kind of. Like we kind of got that vibe from it while yeah. we were watching the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did watch this one, Earth Day. Yeah. It was the little, like, white egg-looking thing that the kids find, and then, like... The it, alien. Yeah. But the, the my... Oh, and I remember when we got done watching the movie, like, the movie itself was better than I expected. Like, I had really low expectations for it. But my big problem with the movie was the found footage aspect of it. Like, if they had just done it as a regular narrative movie, I feel like it would have been just a, a, a good movie, a fine, solid movie. The found footage aspect of it where they were like, I don't know if they were like kids on their cell phones or what it was, but it was like shaky cam, which doesn't really bother me. I just feel like for this movie, it took it out of it took it out of my feeling for like actually enjoying the process of the movie. But do you have any do you have any memory of that being a found footage movie? I just remember it being a cute film. Yeah. I don't remember much else about it at all. Um, oh, Mark, that's what we said. We said it was E.T. meets Flight of the Navigator. That's what yeah. we were trying to do. We were kind of... Anyway, keep going. Mark Stratton suggested another movie. I have not seen this one. This one is a movie called Not of This Earth, uh, which was directed by Roger Corman. Uh, it falls into that same, what was it, a 1957 movie? It falls into that same 50s black and white uh, science fiction stuff. But reading the plot of it sounds like something that I actually think I'm going to try to, like, seek this movie out and watch it. It sounds 
kind of interesting. It's only like 50 some minutes long. So it's basically just like an episode of like the Twilight Zone or something, I would assume. But like Alien comes to Earth and they're trying to find blood because their planet is like infested with a blood disease, it sounds like. So they're like literally going around and killing people and like sucking their blood. So then the cops like start thinking that they have like a vampire on their hands. So like reading the plot synopsis of it, it sounded interesting enough that I I think I want to give it a try sometime when I'm in that like classic fifties, you know, mood or whatever. So someday I'll try and report back to that. Gotcha. We, uh, we had two sci-fi bombs on our list uh, that I put out for the poll. They got no votes of anybody liking. And I will admit to Jason Richardson that these are definitely bad Earth movies. But we had Another Earth starring Will Smith and his son Jaden Smith. And then we had Battlefield Earth starring John Travolta. It was After Earth, not oh, Another a- Earth. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. After Earth, thank you. Uh, and Battlefield Earth. You see either of those? After Earth, who was it written and directed by, Shane? M. Night Shyamalan. Yes, yes. So um, that movie bombed at the box office. Mm-hmm. I did not see it at the theater. And everybody told me how absolutely horrible it was. So what mm-hmm. did Jason do? You watched it. I watched it. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Jason didn't hate it nearly as much as absolutely everybody else that I've talked to. So Okay. Um, I don't think it's by any stretch a good movie, but it's definite. I've seen worse. Okay. So um, I thought it was fine. Uh, it's not the yeah, it's not a great movie by any stretch, but I've, I've I definitely it. watched it. It was like, eh, like I would have walked out of the theater going, that was a waste of time. If I started I didn't watching know it, what on, I was getting into, but. I started watching it on TV one night. I only got to. They they crashed on Earth, and then, like, the kid had to, like, outrun an invisible alien or something. I and, can't remember any of that, but yeah. Yeah, and after after that, I, like I said, I was probably maybe, like, 45 minutes into the movie. I was just like, I'm not entertained at all. Like, Will Smith has, like, a broken leg and is just, like, in the ship talking to his kid on, like, the walkie-talkies while his kid's out, like, trying to outrun an invisible alien that reminded me of Predator and... I was just like, I'm, I'm just not vibing this. So Yeah, it, it's not a good movie by any stretch. But like I said, I definitely have seen worse. And because everybody said it sucked, I was ready for it to suck. And it sucked, but it's not nearly as bad as I thought. But to answer your other question. Yeah. Battlefield Earth. Um, who, uh, L. Ron Hubbard, based yep. on a book from L. Ron Hubbard. And do you know why he's famous? Yep. Which was the basis for his entire belief system of Scientology. Yep. Um, John Travolta being a big component of Scientology. I don't know if he still is or if he just was. I believe he is still like in that religion. I believe um, it. Uh, he decided to finally make that movie, which everybody had been trying to make for like 20 years by 20 or 30 years by the point in time that they actually got this going. And, um, one of the things that my, my mom loved the books, okay, like not a Scientologist, but loved the books. She's a huge sci-fi fan. So she, I remember growing up seeing a lot of the books and the sequels and stuff from that. And um, one of the things was she, one of her complaints about the movie was the fact that the 
I can't remember the alien types that they are, but John Travolta and um, Lawrence, not Lawrence Fishburne, it's um, Forrest Whitaker mm-hmm. are um, are these two main aliens that are going around and hunting humans. Uh, her main problem with that was that the way the book describes these aliens, that no humanoid could like it. Like their face is nothing like a human mm. at all. So she was kind of disappointed in the fact that they didn't do more. Uh, that was probably just a Travolta had to have his face in the sure. movie. I don't know. Um, it's a really bad movie. It's, it's bad. A horrid movie. Mm-hmm. I remember us watching it. We QC'd it for a um, trade screening and, and uh, almost got in trouble. Oh, really? Got a little bit in trouble. Was it? Uh, Ed Johnson ought. Rest in peace, sir. Mm. Um, was invited to this because nobody was allowed to, none of the press were allowed to see this movie before it was released. Oh, and a certain somebody else who was a manager invited Ed, uh, when he sh- shouldn't have. Mm. And, um, yeah, so kind of stirred the pot a little bit with. The people that we were working for at the time. So, gotcha. That's an but interesting hey, that story. No longer exists, and um, those people, uh, some of us, don't even work in the industry anymore. So, most of us don't. Um, and Ed's passed away. So, um, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, a big old piece of shit. Yeah, it big was not bird. good. I've only ever seen it once, and I, I literally remember never having an interest to watch it again. Uh, it, it, I don't. Re- Remember it had a redeem- single redeeming quality about the film. So. Nope, not at all. Uh, so we're going to shift over to the comedy rom-com genre now. We're going to talk about one of my all-time favorite Earth films. It's called Here on Earth. Bro, how can you shake your head like that? We were age-appropriate. It has an amazing cast. Here on Earth is Josh Hartnett, who is dope. Chris Klein. Your hands. Chris Klein coming a year off of American Pie. Josh Hartnett's two years off the faculty and Lily Sobieski is, is like this cute little girl that has to pick between the rich dude that comes into town and drives his BMW through a building. And then like her longtime boyfriend who was just chill and cool and awesome. Like, Oh, it's such a great story of young love. And I don't understand how you can't enjoy it. And Bruce Greenwood's the dad. I don't and, understand how this is in the comedy rom-com section. Because it's funny. You laugh fish when you watch this movie. It's a, <laughs> it's a rom-com. It's romantic. And there is laughing moments. The parents are played by Bruce Greenwood and uh, uh, what's his name? Michael Rooker. Like Michael oh, Rooker's wow. funny. Oh, wow. Dude, <laughs> did you ever did you even see this movie? Oh, come on, man. And the opening scene when he's driving his BMW, Chris Klein is chilling out to Black Balloon by the Goo Goo Dolls while they're racing their car. You have not seen this movie? This was not something I was interested in. Oh, bro. On our friendship, you need to watch it. (laughs) Friendship over. (laughs) Come on, man. Like this. Like, I mean, you're 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 out of the age range now. I think it's hilarious that you and some of our guests are all like, you need to watch this and this and this. And I'm like, when the fuck do you think I have the time to sit on my ass and watch movies that are not appropriate for children to be around? Like, 
I'm stretching it if I'm watching Moon Knight while my kids are awake. Like, oh man, or, yeah, we need to we need to have a long talk about Moon Knight once we stop recording but, this. But no, like it's just one of those things that like no, I'm not gonna watch it. Probably okay. never watch it. All right, that makes me I, sad. I, yeah, it's got a great soundtrack. There's a lot I'm of really good music. It's it's all that early two thousand like Goo Goo Dolls and I don't think Jimmy World is on there, but like Rain on there probably was, yeah 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 because yeah. they're on everything from that time frame. Well, cool. All right, so back in nineteen eighty nine, when you were like nine, did you like enjoy Earth Girls Are Easy? Never seen it. Jim Carrey, Damon Wayans, Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis. Like, no matter how many people you list, I'm still not going to see this movie. Oh, man. I know I've seen seen bits and pieces of this because it was on TV every now and then, too. So, um, but yeah, for the most part, have not seen this movie. Gotcha. I feel like Comedy Central played it a lot. I'm pretty sure I watched it more than not on Comedy Central a lot. And I was going to say, in. Yeah, I remember it being on, but I don't. I can't tell you what it's about. Okay. At all, except for don't they go to eat pizza at some point? Yep. Okay. Like that. You got me. Yeah, that's what what you remember. It's three aliens that come to uh, crash land their ship, and then they take on humanoid form, and you know it's fish out of water. They don't understand stuff. They barely speak English. Like. It's Yet they hook comedy. up with the hottest women in the on the planet. They definitely do. Well, I mean, I've never been a huge like Gina Davis fan. Like, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of her acting. I've never found her super attractive. I but just you know, it. Yeah. what's that? Gotcha. Okay. I, I'm just laughing because yes, it's just them basically like. It, you're right. She's not the hottest, but but like, oh wow, attractive females fell for these aliens. No big surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So sticking with the SNL castmates, there was a 2001 film called Down to Earth, starring Chris Rock. That was a remake of Warren Beatty's like 1976-ish movie, I think, called Heaven Can Wait, where a guy dies but then does not get to go on back to heaven. He gets reincarnated into another body, but still has all of his memories from before he died. Do you remember this movie at all in 2001? Did he get reincarnated into a white dude? A very large, rich white man. Yes. Okay. Yes. Then I remember it okay. somewhat. I, yeah. I remember watching it. Not that I memorable the though. Poster. Yeah. A lot, but uh, besides that, that's it. Yeah, it's not that memorable a movie, and I like. It was one of those movies where, like, it it had back then. I remember it kind of being cringeworthy because. You know, it would have Chris Rock doing stuff on 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 the, in the scene, but then it would cut, and all of a sudden it would be the white dude doing the same stuff. But obviously, it was very inappropriate for him doing it as a white dude, which I get it that that's part of the humor, but I just didn't really find it that funny. So, I mean, it does have a hell of a cast. Like his supporting cast in this movie was Regina King, Eugene Levy, Jennifer Coolidge, Chaz Palminteri, Wanda Sykes, and John Cho. So, like. Lots of talented comedians and and just talented actors, but yeah, just I don't remember it being very good or enjoyable. Um, I'm assuming as we shift to the drama movies that uh, all here, here on Earth should have been, but I digress. Go ahead. You digress, but again, you haven't seen it, so you don't know how funny it is, <laughs> and you don't know about the romance that's involved in the movie. So, 
so do we can talk about here on earth some more uh so josh hartnett like he punches in the Chris drama department <laughs> in the drama department we have oliver stone's third film set in vietnam uh he did heaven and earth starring tommy lee jones i've never seen this movie never seen it yeah never even uh, heard of it now that i'm thinking about it really yeah i guess uh what would uh uh, I am trying. I can't remember his other two uh, Vietnam films now. Born on the Fourth of July. That's an Oliver Stone film, and then he wrote Platoon. I can't maybe remember that's who directed it. Yeah, so maybe those are his other uh, Vietnam movies. But yeah, so I have ooh, never seen it. Ooh, I might be wrong. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Keep going. Uh, I mean, we were gonna move on to the next movie, but I can see here. I remember the poster for Heaven and Earth. And like, so 93 would have been around the time that I was very every weekend visiting the Marsh supermarket near me. And so I would literally like my mom would do grocery shopping on Friday nights, you know, and I would spend an hour or two in the video department while she was grocery shopping. So I remember the box art for it because it was like a a sunset um, and then had like some kanji or whatnot in the middle of the poster. But yeah, never, never actually rented it or have ever seen it since then. Oliver Stone's Vietnam films. Have you pulled them up yet? I have. Okay. Platoon and Born on the Fourth of July were the ones that we were correct on those. Cool. Um, Heaven and Earth was made in 1993. Mm-hmm. It's got Tommy Lee Jones, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, when I looked it up, it was a lot of Asian actors I had never heard of or recognized. During the Vietnam War, a Vietnamese woman struggles hustling on the streets where she comes face to face with those involved in the conflict around her. Yeah, I don't remember that at all, dude. Yeah, like I know I've never, I know I've never seen it, but I just remember the box art for it. Uh, our final film we've got to talk about is the 1952 film The Greatest Show on Earth. Kind of, you know, in the vein of The Greatest Showman, it's about uh, the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. Uh, it was directed by Cecil B. DeMille. I'm assuming you've heard of him, at least. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. And they used 1,400 members of the actual Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus, like, cast to make this movie. But then they had some big name actors involved. Also, Charlton Heston was the manager of the whole circus. And Jimmy Stewart is in this movie that plays a clown. Supposedly, from what I've read, he never takes his makeup off. So he's literally a clown anytime he's on screen. So I'd be interested to see like his performance where he's you know not looking like the Jimmy Stewart that we're used to. Um, this film, it won uh, two Academy Awards, Best Picture, and then what they called Best Story back then. Because this would have been in 1952 and 1956 was when they adopted the best original screenplay and best adapted screenplay. So it was all lumped into one. And so this movie's got some awards. It's probably worth watching. Um, so the last thing that I want to do after we because I'm assuming you haven't seen it. I have not. Okay, but cool. you forgot something. Shane. What did I forget? Oh, bring it on, man. What did I forget? You're you're I'm being nitpicky because I can. Yeah, do it. Uh, Titan AE. Ooh. Oh. All right. Joss Whedon wrote it. I don't remember who directed it. Um, uh, doesn't really matter who directed no. it. 
Uh, Matt Damon uh, was the main voice, I believe. You are correct. Titan yep. A.E. was the last um, <laughs> Fox animated studios. Okay. Film. Uh, it was directed by Don Bluth. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, Matt Damon, Drew Barrymore, Bill Pullman, Jim Brewer, um, Jim Cummings, Janine Garofalo. Nathan Lane, John Leguizamo, Tone Loke, Ooh. Ron Perlman. Um, but yeah, so this movie, uh, I need to revisit it. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's almost like Star Wars like meets Treasure Planet, essentially. Yeah. Yep. Um, so young man learns that he has to find a hidden Earth ship before an enemy alien species does in order to secure the survival of humanity. Had an awesome soundtrack. Um, Jamiroquai was on it. Creed. Um, I can't remember what else was on it, but I, I definitely spun that soundtrack a lot when that came out. So, right yeah. So, oh, is that your typical Wednesday night text from Drew? No, no, no. no? Um, yeah, uh, no, it's Lee hitting us up. Oh, so. cool. right on. Uh, I'm excited that you get to spend time with him when he's in town next week. So, that's really cool. Um, all right, so the last topic that I wanted to discuss uh, with the Earth uh, theme going on this week is Disney Nature almost every year puts out a documentary uh, under their Disney Nature title. It's always, you know, usually released around Earth Day, kind of coinciding with Earth Day, and most of them are documentaries about various animals for the most part. I'm going to ask you if you've seen any of these. I'm just going to go down the list. Uh, I don't expect you to say anything about them unless you want to, but I I'm curious if any of these you've seen. In 2009, they did their very first one, and it was just called Earth. Patrick Stewart narrated it in the UK, and James Earl Jones did the US version of it. Don't believe I saw that one. Okay. In 2010, they did Oceans. That was narrated by Pierce Brosnan. Nope. Nope. 2011 was African Cats, uh, narrated by Samuel L. Jackson. That's impossible. Okay. Uh, the next one is the first one I know for a fact that I've seen in 2012. They did Chimpanzees, which was narrated by Tim Allen. I did watch that one. I think right you on. and I watched that together. So. That would make sense. Uh, took off a year and then came back in 2014 with Bears, that was hosted by John C. Riley. Maybe. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm thinking, too. Like, I feel like I saw it, but I can't say for sure that I did. Uh, I do know I watched this one in 2015 because much like Chimpanzee, I like primates. So it was called Monkey Kingdom, and it was hosted by Tina or narrated by Tina Fey, which I'm kind of a Tina Fey fan, but I really would have preferred somebody else narrated it. I, I didn't really enjoy her narrating this one, but I do know I watched it. I think I might have. What in the world was that popping sound? Um, weird. Okay, so anyway, um, <clears throat> next up in 2017 was called Born in China, and it was hosted by John Krasinski. Did you see that one? I think I did. Okay, I don't remember that one at all. Uh, Penguins was their 2019 one, and it was hosted by Ed Helms. I think I saw March of the Penguins back in the day, and that was kind of like good enough for me with, with Penguins. Uh, in 2020, they did one called Darf Dolphin Reef, and it was hosted by Natalie Portman. Nope. Um, this year, 
actually, the same day this episode drops, Friday the 22nd, they are releasing Polar Bear, which is uh, narrated by Catherine Kenner. Do you have any interest in Polar Bear? Do you think like you'll sit down with your kids and watch it? Mm. I asked my wife if she was interested in it, and her re- response was, is there going to be any Coke in the, like, not cocaine, but Coca-Cola in the in the thing and i told her probably probably not they probably they probably won't do that so all right uh that is it for this week's episode we had a little technical difficulties here and there sorry about that a little bit more editing than than we're used to on an episode but we got it done our next episode is our annual may the fourth episode it will be our third year that we've done a may the fourth episode our star wars themed episode that we do every year uh our first year was kind of a cluster we had a lot of people on there we had a lot of people trying to talk we had a lot of people with stories and as the night drew on and on we all kind of got drunker and drunker so uh our first one is kind of a cluster last year's i was uh, i really enjoyed our conversation last year and i'm assuming this year just you and i are going to have a lot of fun to talk about maybe throw in some special Special guest uh, appearances here and there, but yeah, um, we got a lot of fun Star Wars stuff to talk about coming up, and I'm really looking forward to next week. Well, we're taking next week off so that we can record the May the Fourth episode because there's going to be a lot more editing than I'm used to doing uh, on that episode. But we will be back on the Wednesday, May the Fourth episode, and then uh, yeah, we got a couple episodes lined up for May, including a Jason Talks episode that's on the calendar for now. Okay. Uh, But yeah, thank you guys for listening this week. We will see you on May the 4th with our third annual May the 4th episode.